Welcome to the Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. I am not Ruth Haley Barton. I am Charity McClure with the Transforming Center, and I do have Ruth in the room, so you'll be glad to know that she's here. And we also have Scott Erickson with us in person, and we're very grateful for that. If you missed the introductory episode, Scott is an author and an artist and a spiritual director and many other things, and he has written and painted a resource called Honest Advent, and it is 25 readings for Advent and Christmas. And so the themes are awakening to the wonder of God with us, then, here, and now. And we are just really grateful to be in a conversation about Advent. And we're saying an honest Advent leads to an honest hope. And so we're, you know, really willing to be in this conversation, bringing all of our doubts, all of our uncertainties, all of the places that feel dark, and also believing that there's a way to orient ourselves that leads towards hope. So we're glad that you're here with us again. If you are not already a patron, you might want to consider this being the season that you become one because we are actually in a podcast studio that is not ours, but we're thankful to be here. And so we have a video recording of this conversation between Ruth and Scott and I. And so if you're a patron, you get to see all that. And then additionally, there's going to be a Visio Divina exercise that is led by Scott and Ruth that really helps you to enter in and be with the different images that we are reflecting on each week. So there are 25 uh, images and readings in the book. And so if you haven't gotten it yet, we encourage you to to get the book because we're not going to be able to, to really spend time with each one. But we are going to choose several of them throughout this season. And so you'll want to follow along with that, but also enter into some of the other offerings that are a part of this resource. So this is week one of Advent. We're heading into the first Sunday of Advent. Like I said, we had an introductory episode last week. This week, we are really entering into the first week of Advent. And the the theme for us in this room for this week is, where is God in my uncertainty? Where is God in our uncertainty? And Ruth is going to, to kind of anchor us in some of the scriptural readings for this week through the lectionary. And then we're going to begin a conversation that hopefully gets to some of our most honest thoughts about this kind of a place. Great. Well, you know, the other word that we're using that we want to use to structure our conversation is this idea of revelation and things coming that are surprising to us and unexpected. And there is that theme in our lectionary readings. And those of us here in the Transforming Center have a practice of using the lectionary scriptures throughout our uh, seasons and especially Advent and Christmas. And so we are in cycle B this year. And I want to draw attention to the gospel reading, which is Mark 13. And one of the things that's always so interesting to me about the beginning of Advent is that there's always this description of really dark realities. And it's always the first week. And I'm like, how is that supposed to be a good beginning to a gentle season like Advent, you know? But it's it's always the way it is. There's always these dark themes, wars, and all sorts of dark, you know, things in the climate and in the skies. And then in the first week, there is this instruction for us to keep awake so you don't miss miss the revelation. So the idea here is that Jesus is going to come even in these dark moments in our human history and our human existence, and that we can actually miss it if we don't stay awake and if we don't stay alert. So when we think about Mary and this surprising revelation in her life, I think there's a word in that for all of us uh, to keep awake so that we don't miss the revelation. And so we'll talk a little bit about how to recognize uh, the revelation, uh, the unexpected surprises that God brings to us, and how do we recognize the new thing? 
that God is doing. And so I'd love to hear about your image that you've brought to us around the Annunciation, the surprising thing that God did in Mary's life. Yeah. And hi, everybody. Nice to be with you. <laughs> this image is called Annunciation. I made it at a time when I was working at a church and I was making a lot of imagery for the life of the church. And there's a nod to a lot of different things. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. So there's a nod to kind of Salish and Chinook native indigenous art forms. There's a bit of a Russian iconographer I really like, a Brazilian street artist. It's kind of an amalgamation of a lot of different things. But when we talk about these stories, we often have inner images that we, maybe we haven't even really looked at. We just They're just there. And we've all probably seen paintings of the Annunciation, videos of it, you know, and it's probably some person standing in white in a doorway or Mary just like, ah, oh, and that's fine. We don't know what it looked like. We just know that an angel appeared to Mary. And so in this image, we have kind of Mary, but then we have this angel coming from above, kind of creating this like motion. So they're eye to eye, but the angel's coming from on high. And then Mary's here symbolizing, not that the angels come from space, but just symbolizing like this other place that's it's not the same spot that Mary's at. And there's kind of this announcement. And then this new thing is beginning to grow in her. And I, in, in my work, and there's always a very important conversation about cultural appropriation and stuff like that, but I wanted to take a bunch of different things and put them together in a way that doesn't look like anything I've seen before for myself going, there's just, <laughs> if I can, this is like my a little rant. And partly the work that I do is just that I know historically and archaeologically that people probably wore drapery clothing. We know that from like amphora vases and things like that and stuff like, but Anytime I grew up with like Sunday school comics and stuff like that, and Jesus has a blue sash or a red sash, you know, and a white robe. And how did he keep it so clean in a dusty desert? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but f for me, I'm just like, all that's invented. We d it might have looked like that, but we don't know. It's all invented. It's just, it's trying to help us like get a foothold on something. And because it's all invented, it means that we can invent other things. The point of it isn't, archaeological accuracy, th there is a strain of that, which is great. But I don't think the point of it is archaeological accuracy. I think the point of it is like, how does this story come to life for us? And one of the wonderful functions of painting and art and illustrating is that it doesn't have to look like reality. It, it, it's trying to portray the larger realities, the hidden realities that you don't see in, because that's, that is our experience as embodied people is like, I can see things that are happening, but I'm also bringing like my perspective and my fears and insecurities and joys and hopes and desires into what I'm seeing. And so the the joy, at least for me in art is being able to, an artist trying to give the layers of a human life in one image. And I think that's really great. So then this is like, who knows what it looked like, but something was happening. It was kind of a swirl and a mystery and a hiddenness and a revealing and things are changing. So you kind of have this swirl in this image because like, yeah, all of a sudden things got put in motion and things started changing. And I like it a lot is what mm -hmm. I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I really love it too. And I, I love getting a little bit more context for what you were trying to make space for. It feels like you're trying to even make space for more than what we normally see in this kind of a depiction about the announcement of something new coming. 
into Mary's life. And so what stood out to me is that the, the scripture that you put with the image in your book was that Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, yeah. Mary tried to think about what this could mean. And I just wanted to spend a little bit of time with that because I think some of us would like to think that when we hear from God, we would know it, we'd be excited about it, and it would be really clear exactly what it all means, you know? And I was like, man, confused and disturbed is really interesting and probably accurate sometimes when a revelation kind of messes with us or Mm -hmm. messes with whatever it is that we're experiencing at that time. So I'm kind of curious about how revelation feels to you as it relates to not just the revelation to Mary, but also how revelation comes to us in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. How would we define a revelation? I mean, I'm sure we can look on our dictionary app what it is, but a revelation to me is like all of a sudden I'm seeing a much broader perspective or what was hidden now is becoming revealed or like a new way and here's where I find it. It's a bit paradoxical. It's, I think there's I think there's a longing in all of us to be like, gosh, I wish an angel would appear to me and change everything about my life. Like there's there's that longing, like I'm up for the adventure, the new thing. But the other side of that is going, yeah, and everything that you had, like those cool plans you had, those are all gone. <laughs> and there's this like loss that comes with it. And that is like surprising. If I was going to give a pep talk on Revelation, I'd be like, God is love and God is lovingly inviting me into this and will and will be with me in this new thing. But I'm going to have to let go of my sophisticated and cool plans, my trip of a lifetime next year. Like that's gone. You know, like you don't know. And let's take this out of like the mystical, mythical, biblical, whatever we infer these stories about human beings and angels and stuff. And I think we can have this experience just as people. Like I have a, I have a, a son who has a eye disease that there's no cure for. And he had a, a retina detachment two summers ago and Uh, It was very scary, and he immediately had to go have surgery. Guess what happened? All our plans for the Mm. summer changed. (laughs) Our our reservations that we had for a year at Glacier National Park, gone. Our even plans to just go to the beach, gone. We couldn't even leave our house, really. We couldn't leave our—we couldn't get in a car and go on a road trip. We couldn't do anything, and it was— one of the hottest summers on record in Austin, Texas. And it, it was lame <laughs> to be around. But it's like everything changed. And we have all maybe had that experience where like something, some kind of new revelation, something new happens. I'm not saying it's good or bad, just something new happens. All of a sudden, everything changes. And that is what I, if we, if we were to bring the complexity of a human life into this, how cool to have an angel story but oh no, nothing can stay the same. Right. And nothing's going to stay the same afterwards. And the trajectory of Mary's life is now on a path she didn't see coming. And I think that this, for me, as a complicated feeler, <laughs> I just know those feelings. I just know those feelings that I bet there's like, I bet it was a mix. I bet it was a mix of like joy and excitement. Oh my gosh, I'm going to call 
Sally, my I, know, I just like think that Mary's best friend was Sally. Sally, who didn't mm. end up in the Bible. That's not really a biblical name. Uh, Sally, I'm going to call, guess what? An angel appeared to me, you know. What did he tell you? I'm going to have a baby without having sex. Oh, okay. That's an interesting, you know, like all of a sudden. <laughs> Sad eh, for her. All of a sudden, this is a daytime, this is a daytime uh, show. Uh, like a soap opera. You know, like it's all, it's just, what's interesting is just like this story is so human. Even though it's like got these heavenly elements to it, I'm just like, God, what a what a human story about somebody being faced with like everything's going to change, and that was the revelation. And just revelation comes with a cost, and I think it's wonderful and hard to well, let and, go at the same time. Yeah, and revelation I think also exposes our vulnerabilities too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So for maybe. When I've been reflecting on why maybe Mary was confused and disturbed is because all of a sudden her mind was probably going to all those places. You know what I mean? So like, what does this expose about my vulnerability in the context of my life to have something like this happening, to have God revealing something like this or inviting me into something like this, even if even if I want to say yes, which she does, you know what I mean? She she gives herself fully over to it. The confusion and the dis and disturbance is like, wow, this really opened. Like, I'm very, I'm vulnerable now. And, and yeah. this this change of plans yeah. makes me vulnerable to things that I wasn't planning on and I wasn't expecting. And I think I was listening to you on another podcast say something about that that's the same thing that happens with dreams. Like, our dreams are our plans without our human vulnerabilities yeah. and limitations. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I feel like that's also a helpful place to be in that like even amongst the best things that could be happening in your life the most divine things the most god oriented and like let out things there's still the, these vulnerabilities and these places of confusion and disturbance and that revelation as much as we long for it and we pray for it maybe sometimes we don't always know exactly all that that entails you know what i mean because mm -hmm. we've got this kind of dream version of what that might look like as it unfolds and it's not going to be that way yeah well, we also don't know. I don't think that Mary knew, uh, you know, to be pregnant with a child and to have a child is a very sweet thing. I don't know if she realized the pain that would be ahead years down the road well, for having too. made for having opened up to this. And I think that's the other thing about Revelation is that I've, I've often said that if I had known what it would require of me to found the Transforming Center out of a place of desire and longing and and some vision and dreaming. I, if I had known then what I know now and, you know, knew some of the hard places that we were going to go through, I think I would have said no. Mm. But God didn't let me see it. So <laughs> I, you know, so I said yes, not knowing. And then it's it's beautiful. The Transforming Center has been a very beautiful dream. And it's been used of God in amazing ways, but it's been a journey I never could have predicted. And when it was coming, this was the the person in scripture that God led me to was Mary birthing and being told that she was going to birth something and the vulnerability of it to put your dreams out there, to put the vision out there, to say, this is what I'm longing for. So, so some of us are going to band together around our longing and try something because yeah. we have some things we want to experience together. We haven't been able to experience them in the churches we've been a part of. So whatever, whatever comes, this is what we're going to try to do. But there's no way that we could have ever imagined what all it would involve as time went by. And so I, I think that there's a little bit of innocence and naivete, too, in this moment where, wow, it's, 
she's willing, she wants to, she knows it's going to change her life on some level, but she can't know all of it right then yeah. in that moment. There's yeah. a lot that's going to happen in her life as a result of this moment that she doesn't know yet. And it's the same. I think it's the same for all of us with anything that's a true revelation, even having children. Like these days, having children is a choice many of us make. It wasn't in my generation. It wasn't so much of a choice. And before that, it was no choice at all. But the thought of having a sweet baby is one thing. But, you know, children grow and all sorts of things happen and you're not in control of it. I've talked about the fact that motherhood is like having your heart outside your body walking around and you can't you can't control all of it. Once you bring that child into the world, then, you know, over time they have a life of their own and they make their own choices. And even the choice to have children, which is a sweet, sweet choice, opens you to a world of things that you never could have guessed. It's beautiful and it's unknown mm. and risky and all at the same time. Yeah. As a man, I I don't know if I've th thought about this that much, but yeah, I'll take it on like a little sidestep. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a doctor and he was telling me how, <laughs> cause he was with me when I found out my son had like this retina detachment and you know, with the surgeries are involved, but he was telling me just, he's like, yeah, people come in and they'll just be like, well, fix it, just fix yeah. it. You know, mm -hmm. do this thing, fix it. And he's like, it's medicine is not like that. Mm -hmm. We're not cars that just need new brakes. <laughs> like he's like, it's complicated. And the magnificence of our biology is complicated. And so aren't we always confronted with in life? We're humbled by life by thinking we're in control of so much and realizing, well, I don't get to control a lot of aspects of my life. And there are things that I just all of a sudden are going to bring a new revelation, a new way of seeing a, a new way I must see in order to keep going yeah. or what I'm being inv invited into. I think the the thing that also gets me with this story, this that disturbed and and in this picture helps me deal with is, and look, I like to think I'm like a a confident leader who's just self, but I, I have a lot of self doubt. It's it's been a a journey to love my incarnation, and I think one of the surprising, I referenced this in our last episode of just like. There's parts of me that want to get rid of all of this, but I can't. It's still happening, and so I'm still with it. But I'm always surprised by the intimacy of God. Like, the way I would say it is just like, I don't know what God's will is. I don't know what's in his will or what's out of his will. I don't know. But I just know that God's really, 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 really detailed. And when I stumble across this, like, intentionality, I'm filled with wonder. And... I think what gets me about this story is, is that there's a level of intimacy to it of why would God pick me to do this, mm -hmm. which is and, – and, and, and I thought about this because you were like, if I knew what the Transforming Center journey would be, I don't know if I would do it. But that desire, that longing started in you. Mm -hmm. And maybe you want to at least try. I, I want, want to at least try. try it, and maybe there know? are moments where you're like, yeah. "Am I the right person yeah. for this?" Or this is really hard. Or this, this is, is really a lot hard. harder than I expected it to be. You know. And I think some of in my conversations about being a contribution in the world, mm -hmm. I'm like, surely there's more capable people than me. There, ha I know there is, but I I think I can contribute, and if it helps, it helps. You know, there's this kind of I think that the God who is love 
meets us in our incarnation and goes, yeah, this is where I want to birth or bring this new thing out. And this is maybe stepping a little bit away from like Mary and a baby and stuff like that. If we talk about God coming to us in a room by ourselves, like some kind of angelic revelation or something, it's like, you actually are the one who I want to bring this thing through. And there is a, there is a real, maybe the confused and disturbing, like I, oh, I dismissed myself a long time ago. I'm sure not me, you know, or even like Mary, like, okay, I'm up for that task. Like, I I think it hits to that part of like a human experience. It gives me a lot of hope. And I think we look to Mary as a really great example of one who's ready to receive one. I was just reading this book about, and it's like, Mary has been practicing. She knows the song. She knows the prayers. She understands in this moment, she's being invited to this long history of women and men who've come before her to be a part of God's work in the world. And she responds and she ponders and treasures. You mentioned pondering. She ponders and treasures these things, kind of like allows these things to like enter her in her life and like, this is happening. This is happening to me. And I, I think if we were asking about where's God in our in our uncertainty, maybe more is like, where's our uncertainty in God? Is it okay that we have uncertainty into this larger belief in God and and God knows that already and is still like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. You're not quite sure where your footing is right now. I know that, but I'm going to bring this word to you, this invitation, this, uh, this call to respond. And everything's going to be different, but I... I'm very aware of who you are and I love you and I will be with you the whole way. And that, that is, it's like, I can only, it's only really able to talk about it through like poetry and music, you know, right? Because it's the intimacy of it is that what's really gets me. That's why I think this, a lot, part of this book and making this stuff was the, the intimacy of pregnancy, birth, a family starting your life changing. Yeah. Yeah. So while it might be a a two-year commitment, it's actually a lifelong invitation to a change, changing the way that we approach our relationship with God and the way that that flows through us to others. What I really love is that Transforming Community has a practice of building a depth to be able to hold tensions, to be able to understand what it means to be a person in body. And so then when you put on like the issues of race, it's not a shock to the system. When you put on issues of injustice, it's not a shock to the system. From the very beginning, I was surprised by how quickly people became very open and vulnerable, the way that the intimacy worked, even in what felt like a large group setting. Um, And I tend to... But I think it's, it's the, this is a place of trusting the Holy Spirit, trusting that God is bigger than a given belief if we will show up and trust the Holy Spirit. So I think there's a lot of hope in seeing, again, people from kind of a a wide range of of backgrounds and beliefs submitting to the Holy Spirit. I think returning to leaving space for mystery. Well, friends, we wanted to take a break from our conversation about Advent just to remind you about Transforming Community 20 that's coming up. It's starting April 21 through 23. We're taking applications now. And one of the things I'd like to mention about Transforming Community is that we really do work hard to create a safe space to be with our honest questions and our honest longings. And to be able to do that in community with other leaders is is just a real gift. We are very confidential. We give real structure for how to have these kinds of conversations. And it's a real blessing 
especially to leaders who don't have as many safe places as, as other people might have. And so we also want to let you know that like we've been presenting Visio Divina and some very artful expressions about our faith in this season. And we do highlight many spiritual practices and give leaders an opportunity to try some new things. If you're a leader who's interested in entering in to a safe space with your own honest questions and longings, if you are looking for some fresh spiritual practices in your life that might revitalize your relationship with God, we would love to have you consider joining us and we are taking applications now. Please go to our website, transformingcenter.org, if you'd like more information about the upcoming Transforming Community, and you can use Podcast 20 as a code to receive $50 off your application fee. And now, back to our conversation. Well, one of the things I love that you say is that revelation is transformation that we're not in charge of. Yeah. And I think that that is so much of it that even if we have said yes to whatever it is, to what you were saying, Ruth, we're still then not in charge of it. You know, we've decided to participate. And I think you were also speaking to participation, that we have a chance. I think I have something to contribute. I think that mm -hmm. I that there's something I want to try to do with mm -hmm. this longing and this desire. And so the invitation to participate is not the same mm -hmm. thing as controlling and planning and getting to the place that you think that or you're going to be. Or even knowing all that it's going to be. And like all that you, it's going to be. There's the whole unknown. There's the one thing you know right now. Yeah. So she knew one thing. Right. Yeah. But she didn't know the whole thing. Right. Because God rarely reveals it like that. Right. You know, yeah. God doesn't reveal the whole path or the whole journey or the outcomes. And probably because God knows us and knows that if we did know it, maybe we wouldn't say the big yes. Right. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> if Mary had known about watching her son be crucified in this moment, yeah. she might have said, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. want, I don't really want that for my life. So I think God is kind. Maybe I could say it that way, that God's kind to us in that way. He doesn't reveal to us more than we're able to take or bear. Well, and that actually, that's actually a scripture right yeah, there that, you know, exactly. that we reveal to mm -hmm. us in those ways. And so, you know, there's the very embodied experience of bringing a child into the world, but then there's also just the the being present to your life as it's unfolding mm -hmm. and trusting that God knows your uncertainty in any moment, you know, whatever it is that you have said yes to, whatever it is that you've been invited into, that to trust that even if you're confused or disturbed that that you are the one who is who is made for this moment who is in this moment who is in this relationship who is in this season who is in this community and how are we going to participate in in our existence you know in the story as it's unfolding in the revelation which is transformation that we're not in charge of and so i i, I look at my life a lot of times and be like how am i here? How am I here in the season of my parenting? How am I here in this particular faith community? Like, why why am I here right now? And, and what does it look like to believe that there is more going on than I know and understand and that it is something that I said yes at one point, you know what I mean? And so maybe there is still transformation going on even when I don't fully understand exactly what it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that it's forming me. Yeah. We need to realize, too, that this was the humblest of situations. Right. We often imagine these, I'll just say this, We, I think we imagine these like on the big screen or at like a big theater, like somebody was going to redo this play of Mary's life and there's like a set and a light shining and a cue and a song happening and stuff. And we're like, wow, amazing. But then we, we're, we're very much in the mundaneness and silence of our life. Yes. Like this happened while... I wash a lot of dishes. You mentioned all my accolades. I'm like, yeah, I'm mostly a dishwasher for my food blogging wife. <laughs> we all know that there are things that you just have to do, but 
I, I'm very wary of dismissing those simple things that we're doing as like that that's not the mm -hmm. place where divine interaction happens. Right. And, and let me take some artistic levity on this. Like I have three kids and it's a lot and more than sometimes I feel like I can handle. When you have little children and you're corralling these cats in a grocery store, <laughs> older adults who have gone before you, whose maybe kids are grown, they'll come up to you and they'll be like, such a great age. I know. It goes so You're going to miss it's, this. It, it, yes, it's going to go gonna so it. fast. It goes so fast. And you're, like, and you're like, stop it. Just come mm -hmm. over and babysit for That's me. That's right. Yeah. Um, but after like a hundred times, you're like, maybe this is a good age. Maybe it goes really fast. And if I was to take that experience, and it's not, I'm not saying this about scripture, but I was to write about it, I would maybe say like, I was in the grocery store. And this angel of a woman came up to me mm -hmm. and said, you know what? There will be a time in the future where you'll miss this moment because I miss this moment. So just remember, it goes really fast mm -hmm. and it's a good moment. And that revelation changed how I saw what I was doing at a grocery store. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I think revelation is maybe around us a lot more than maybe we allow it to because of just... I got it, our lists. Oh gosh, the lists of adulthood mm -hmm. every day. I got this list to accomplish today. I got to accomplish this list. Look at all these emails I got to do. I don't have a virtual assistant yet. That's a, jo <laughs> that's a joke from an off camera thing. But, and I think this is why we, we're talking about spiritual practices and spiritual formation. It's like, how are you staying awake to maybe where revelation would come to you? Because yeah. it's not going to come like, all right, we got all the lights set up. Mm -hmm. We're ready, Lord. Send your revelation. It's going to be while you're doing something that you're just like, this is a human life. And then boom, well, and, and often, it happens. And often when the rest of the world is still going on with its, you know what I mean? Like not when Jesus, watching. yeah, when Jesus was born, the whole world didn't stop. You know what I mean? And yes. often, you yes. know, you can be feeling like, you know, I, sometimes I can feel the sacredness of the ordinary. And yeah. then you look around and you wonder if you're a little bit crazy, if you're being like over, <laughs> over whatever, you Absolutely. know what I mean? Like, that's it, Charity. It, it, you're, that's it. Confused and disturbed is because when it happens, you're like, am I crazy? Right. right now? Yes. It always is that moment because you, it should be like this. It's never like so obvious. It's no. always kind of like, is this happening to me? What am I going to do with? It? Yeah. Yes. And, and claiming really it good. and knowing it and naming it and then deciding to live in that reality, even mm -hmm. when the rest of the world is doing, you know, their thing in a different way or with a different understanding. Yeah. You know, because there was no email to the rest of the friends being like, by the way, we sent an angel to Mary. Right. She might you might she might be a little different when you see her <laughs> next. When um, she calls, pick up the phone. <laughs> just don't say these trigger words. You know, like, yes, yes. You know no, there's no check in. It's just happening to you. And what are you going to do with that yeah. now that everything is different? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also want to make sure that we talk about the other image that's over by Ruth. Sure. Yeah, that one's fine. Mm. <laughs> well, because, you know, I mean, there's... It's along the same lines. It is along like the same lines. Something line. small, but something mm. is bringing light, a mm -hmm. different kind of light to... We mentioned hiddenness, or not, not dark as in like... It's Evil. just what's, what's yeah. unseen. Yeah. What, and, well, can you yeah, tell us about that one. We so speak to it just for a little. There's just, just his hand holding a match that's being mm -hmm. lit and, and a, a thing we've all seen. But in the flame, I put, is that a zygote <laughs> yes. embryo? I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's very, the very start of incarnation. And, and the kind of the idea, the invitation is to go, yeah, the light Sometimes it is like turning on all the fluorescence in an office space at the same time. But usually the the light of revelation starts very small 
and it and it's like this little glimmer that you see and it catches your attention like day after day you're like i can't this thing keeps i don't know what i'm supposed to do with this thing there's something that keeps grabbing my attention that's why i started with a spiritual director uh, long ago, my spiritual director, Morris, who would be jazzed to be here right now. <laughs> Big fan of you, Ruth. Uh, he, I started meeting with him because I was like, I have this question that I don't know what to do with. And I don't know how to figure it out. And I need somebody to walk with me. It started very small. It wasn't like, here's, it's, it was like this thing that just kept, and then it grew and grew and grew. And then it changed the direction of my life. But it mm-hmm. started very small. Yeah in the busyness of everything. And I think that's kind of what that image is alluding mm-hmm. to is like, yeah. it starts small. Well, mm-hmm. and in that chapter, you also speak to the physical world being a window into, you know, the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think that that also goes back to that conversation that we were just having about our ordinary life being a window into something that actually is more than what we can see at yeah. that moment, you yeah. know, part of the revelation and the and the light coming. Yeah, there's kind of a juxtaposition. This is like a big bang moment. Right. That's like a smaller, and both are kind of revelation in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing about Mary that I that always speaks to me too is that what she was experiencing inside her life with God was different than what anyone else would be able to perceive. Mm, so yeah. this conception put her in a position to be viewed in her community very negatively because mm. no one no one else was going to probably believe. Yeah. You know, if she went out and said, you know, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit or by the angel told me. It, 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 I think that's part of it too, is that what we're experiencing inside may be different than what the rest of the world is perceiving about us. And can we live with that? Can, you know, when Mary said yes, you know, let it be with me according to your will, she was actually saying yes to that too, to being someone who was misunderstood and to someone who was judged, and to someone who probably, to many people, they wondered if she had been immoral in her choices. And but she opened up to that too. Right. That's what her choice. That's what her yes meant was that she was going to be perceived differently by people outside of herself who did not understand what was happening really at the spiritual level. Okay, so that makes me very excited because this is where I want yeah. you to speak to leaders right now mm-hmm. who are in that place. Yeah, you know, who are yeah. in that place where mm-hmm. maybe God has said something or revealed something or something has been. Mm-hmm placed inside yeah. of them that maybe it is not perceived by other people in yeah. the same way and is theirs to hold and to carry and then to mm-hmm. eventually bring forth. Yeah. How how do you speak to people who have something like this that might not be well received or understood? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, Cuz I think that's happening yeah. for a lot of leaders right now. Yeah. There's something that they know yeah, and but they're keeping it really private because they're afraid if they were to say it out loud that yeah. people would walk away from them. Yes. They're, you know, especially if they were to say it from their pulpits, yes. you know, that yeah. that a lot of half, maybe half the parishioners would, would walk out, mm-hmm. you know. I, well, for one thing, I think this is where spiritual direction is just so important because a spiritual director, director is someone who is very good at actually perceiving with us what God is doing. And and I think, you know, that's for leaders, that's a place of actual some submission to take whatever it is that's happening and open it up to somebody that we trust, somebody who's well-versed in the ways of the soul, someone who's practiced at listening to God yeah. in their yeah. own yeah. life and mm-hmm. in other people's lives. I don't think we do this in isolation at all, which is why Mary sought out Elizabeth, yep. somebody that she really trusted to be with her, like, like you were just talking about seeking out a spiritual director. So I think spiritual direction can be really important because my experience too in spiritual direction is that sometimes having just one witness 
who can recognize and affirm and validate what we're going through makes all the difference in the world as to whether or not we're willing to step out in, in that area that God is inviting us perhaps to step out in. Certainly that's true for me when I made the radical choice that I made you know, 22 years ago to leave the large church that I was in, it was the, the scariest thing I've ever done to leave something that was kind of unknown for me, you know, and to trust that the thing that God was doing was real enough that I should, that I should let go of where I was in order to try to walk into this thing, mm-hmm. you know, and the Transforming Center emerged from that very moment. If I hadn't been willing, then the Transforming Center never would have been born. At the same time, I don't think I would have had enough courage without at least one person (laughs) to affirm that, yes, I see that this is what God is doing. I I see the truth of this. I see the reality of this in your own life. And it can be a spiritual companion. It can, you know, but just at least one person that we're willing to open it up and say, hey, you know, does this seem real to you? Can be really, really helpful. And I think also not to be in a rush to, to reveal. I, there might have been three or four months. I don't know how these things worked in her community. There might have been several months where she knew something was growing, but no one else could see it yet. Mm-hmm. And for us to be willing to walk privately with the thing before yeah. we make this big grand announcement about what we're going to do and, you know, like to really be humble enough to walk with it, you know, in a private way for a while until until we can't avoid, you know, of opening it up. But I think even a certain discipline to ponder, to keep something to yourself for a little while before going out and making grand announcements can also be really helpful. Because during that time, God can continue to affirm that, yes, indeed, this is what I'm doing. You're Mm -hmm. seeing things rightly. And of course, we know that our history is just littered with people who saw things and knew things that no one else was willing to see and to know. But if they hadn't stepped out, we would all be impoverished if they had not stepped out and done that. Well, thing. and we have to believe that God is still revealing things. Exactly. That there are still new things. And so one of the questions, you know, had been how will how do you know when God is doing a new thing? How do you know when those kinds of things are God orchestrated mm-hmm. and that they're they're given to you as a knowing or as a, an understanding or even just as that little glimmer of like light or revelation. And I think that that is such an interesting place to be in right now to not try to control what God is revealing. I think that there's so much fear and uncertainty right now about what's happening in the church that there is a desire to control it from all sides. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to try to control what we're all seeing and knowing and experiencing towards the thing that we believe is right. And in some ways if we're going to go by the the definition that revelation is transformation that we cannot control, every one of us is going to have to figure out how we hold that, you know what I mean? How we pay attention to it and, and stay close to it without trying to control it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think we can look to Mary and say, let's ponder and treasure these things and allow it to envelop us and, and transform us. I even, I know we've been Mary heavy on this because the images, but even, it's Zechariah, right? I get there's so many Z's mm-hmm. in the Bible. Zechariah and Elizabeth, mm-hmm. you know, he gets the word that he's going to have a a son, mm-hmm. John, but he's like, uh, we're old, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the angel's like, oh, well, now you're going to be quiet, right? And I th- love that story because it's after they have the kid, and they're like, who? What's his name going to be? And he says, it's John. Is when he can finally talk again. Sometimes we have to. Sometimes we're forced into silence 
because it's in the silence of this thing that we will be transformed that then when we're called, we're like, no, this you have is the it. word for then the I moment. Have the word, yeah. And then boom. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then it opens up and then I can give the proclamation yeah. and I can give the prophetic mm-hmm. word and stuff like that. So yeah. it, there is, there's lots of revelation in the story and how it affects different people. Not just the one who's pregnant, but right. like, it's going to change for this father. It's going to change for this community. Mm-hmm. It's going right. to change for this. Yeah. 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 Well, another way, too, is I, I think in my understanding of things, as you know, in terms of watching the movements of the Holy Spirit, oftentimes we can recognize it by something that's unexpected. So the lectionary, it has, as the Old Testament reading, Isaiah 64, talking about to God, when you did awesome deeds that we did not expect. Mm. So when something is utterly and completely unexpected that we could not have thought our way into or predicted, I think that's a marker of the fact that God is doing something when it is completely unexpected. And we have a sense of, I could couldn't have orchestrated that. Even if I had tried, even if I could have seen it, I couldn't have orchestrated that. Then you almost have to give yourself to it, you know, because you see that God is doing something that's so beyond what you could have orchestrated, humanly speaking, or even envisioned. To me, that's a real hallmark of recognizing when God's doing something that's a result of divine, let's say, divine intervention or divine action. And, you know, to me, then, when that's going on, then you're very humble with whatever it is because you know you know you had nothing to do with it, really. Yeah. And so then there's a very natural sort of humility that you have in relation to it because it's so far outside of human orchestration. So uh, that's another marker that I that I look for in terms of how do I recognize a new thing. Well, it's really unexpected, and we couldn't have done it ourselves. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, we can, <laughs> then we can trust it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, I have uh, a little excerpt from Scott's book that I mm-hmm. want to end this episode with, but is there right. anything else that you feel like would be helpful to people to orient themselves with either what we've been talking about or obviously we're going to have a practice for our patrons with the images, but is there anything for all of us that might be a concluding thought or question or way of being with God with some of what we've talked about? I think that this season is a very appropriate time to walk with Mary, you know. It doesn't ever bother me to be Mary heavy because this is her season. Now, now there are other lectionary readings that cycles that emphasize Joseph a little bit more, but I think to walk with Mary and to see her as a primary example of what it means to be open to the will of God and to be indifferent to anything but the will of God in our own lives— to have it be a woman that's held up in Scripture as an example of someone who who said the biggest yes possible yeah. to God. Yeah, amen. I'm glad she did. Yeah, and so what would it look like for us to say yes? You know, where is the place where God is inviting me to participate in something divine and what would it mean for me to say yes? I just love to think about the yes question in in this in this place of because the answer you like is, to live to. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's right. I'm sorry, I did not mean it. See that very very I natural right there. Content. You about have that. some thoughts about <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, this is the yes week, isn't it? Mary saying yes to God, and may we be awake and alert to those moments, you know, and say yes when it's ours to say yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have anything else? No, it's great. I know that my say yes is like you have to say yes to your vulnerability. It's Mm going to come through your vulnerabilities. That's Mm -hmm. how it's going to come through. It's not going to come through this imagined life. Oh, when I'm finally perfect, it'll. it's like, no, it's going to come through where you're at right now. And that is a surprise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So this is just part of the end of a chapter in the book. I think actually it's the Annunciation chapter. And Scott writes... She who is willing to accept the cost of revelation finds herself in the deepest of stories. 
stories that are so mysterious, divine, and human that we still tell them today. And so may you receive the light of the divine annunciation in the flames of your best laid plans.